Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome to another episode of our co-hosted segment, Raising a Conscious Human, with my amazing friend and parenting expert, Eileen Dillon. Our intention with this segment is to help all those parents out there struggling to create an authentic connection with their children and confused by the non-stop barrage of opinions as to what makes a good parent and what doesn't. My name is Jennifer Matthews and I'm a spiritual coach, naturopath, personal trainer and a mum of two amazing teens. I've always said that my kids are my greatest teachers and as conscious parents, we begin to recognise that we have as much to learn from our children as they do from us. Now, Eileen spent many years working as a marriage and family counsellor and psychotherapist and has helped many people with almost every type of problem and is now an international best-selling author, speaker and expert in conscious parenting and emotional and anger mastery. Take it away, Eileen. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll just mention I have three children who are now 52, 45 and 35 and if you want to know if conscious parenting works, just watch it go into the next generation. It's just beautiful to see. Absolutely. So excited to have you on the program here, Lael. Uh, you are, we are so, uh, you know, enthused about conscious parenting. And um, I've been working on it since the 70s. And especially your interest in Emotional intelligence, uh, emotional development uh, is very close to my own heart. So, Lael Stone is a parenting educator and a consultant. You're here all the way from Melbourne, Australia. You're also the host of the Aware Parenting Project and a speaker for the Resilience Project. And I might add that you've also founded a school which uh, you run and uh, so that you can practice what you preach. And I'm very interested to hear more about that. We're very thrilled to have you on, Lael, to discuss this topic. And let's take it away. Right now, <laughs> take it away. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that beautiful introduction. Thank you. It's really lovely to be here. Thanks so much for being here, Lael. We, we are, as Eileen said, we are passionate about uh, emotions and we know the impact that it can have on our children and how we respond to to them as they're getting older. As I said, I've got an 18 and 20-year-old. My 18-year-old daughter, you know, she's she's a very emotional type and so she's really in touch with her emotions. And so I'm I'm looking forward to delving into how we can help as parents um, our children to become their fullest, to to become that person that they're they're um, designed to be. So let's start off by just um, you telling us your story. Why? How did you become so interested in this particular topic? Okay, I'll give you the really short version of it, but thank you. Great question. Well, I actually started many many years ago working in birth. So I worked as a childbirth educator and a doula, and um, I, I was just really passionate about helping families have good positive birth experiences you know I I from my own experience I have three kids they are 22 
19 and 14. And when I had my son 22 years ago, I knew nothing. I was quite mm-hmm. a young mum and ended up having a really traumatic birth experience, which had a massive impact on my my kind of beginning parts of being a mother. You know, mm. I was really disconnected, was in shock. I probably look back and, and think I did have PTSD and just trying to find my way through, you know, really without the lack of the, the village and the tribe, all those kind of things. Mm. And second time when I had um, came around to be pregnant with my daughter and, you know, I realised I had a bit of trauma and I had to find different care and a different way of doing it, I ended up having a, um, a beautiful supported home birth with an amazing midwife and doctor. And that that moment of birthing my daughter just changed my life because I was like, wow, this is actually how you're meant to feel mm-hmm. when you have a baby. You're not meant to feel broken and shattered and in shock. You're meant to feel like, oh my God, I am the most powerful, incredible human ever. And, and that was just such a beautiful gift for me to realize wow, it can be done differently. So that's what actually got me working in birth because my daughter's birth. And so I supported many, many families in all scenarios, birthing. And naturally I found myself working or being drawn towards people who were having tricky experiences, whether mm-hmm. stuff was going to go on with their babies, where there was trauma. You know, I feel very comfortable with death, which is a really weird thing mm-hmm. to say, but, um, you know, birth and death are very similar on many yep. levels. And so I found myself yeah. being drawn to working with people who were having tricky experiences because I felt, you know, I could hold a space for them within that. So, you know, that really really piqued my interest in and around trauma and then when I had my third child I ended up having quite a challenging birth experience with her we ended up transferring to hospital and and she um and she was born by you know she was an undiagnosed breach and she was born by emergency cesarean and you know she was being resuscitated for nearly 10 minutes and so you know the beginning of her journey was again a whole other experience into trauma and healing and I'd, I'd worked enough in birth and for long enough to know you know, what had happened for both of us, we were going to need a lot of healing and a lot of holding within that. And so when um, she finally came through the whole journey birth experience, I stumbled across the work of Dr. Aletha Salter, where, you know, she and her work of aware parenting, which is really about helping children, babies heal from trauma through listening Mm. to their feelings. And when I discovered her book, The Aware Baby, and started reading it, it was like, oh, this is what I've been looking for. You know, Mm -hmm. as a mother, you know, I was really into staying deeply attached and attuned to my children, but I just did not know what to do when they had big feelings. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do when they're upset or they're angry or frustrated. I spent a lot of time trying to distract them and keep them happy, which Mm -hmm. doesn't work and just makes you resentful and exhausted. (laughs) And, And so when I came across her work, I was like, oh, okay. Not only was this going to be a beautiful vehicle for my daughter and I to heal, but I could see how powerful it was going to be with my older children as well. So I just really started listening to feelings, using stuff like attachment play for cooperation, just a whole lot of a whole different. Um, look at how it could be relating to my kids and so then of course when you start doing that then all your own stuff comes up about Mm -hmm. how you were raised and your feelings so then we had to delve into that so I think I spent you know well I like learning as you said right at the beginning Jennifer your biggest learning comes from parenting I spent a really good solid five or six years being at home with my kids just holding space for their feelings doing my own process work all that kind of stuff So then that moved me more into doing um, a lot more kind of trauma counselling just with families. And then, um, you know, I'd run groups for people with mums coming and just listening, holding space for them. Um, For a few years there, for about five years, I ended up teaching sex education to teenagers as my son started to move into the teenage years. I remember having a thought of like, gosh, I really want to 
very grounded and connected in this. And I kind of, I find with my children, wherever phase they're going through, I'm like, wow, I need to know more. That's where we learn. That's where I end up doing. So I did that for quite a few years. And um, and all the time I was just working with families and then about nearly four, oh, over four years ago now, four and a half years ago, one of my clients came to me and said uh, her son was starting school and she said, I just wish there was a school that um, supported children in the way we do at home, listening to feelings, not coercing yeah. them, choice and autonomy, all those kind of things. And I said, well, I don't really know if a school that exists like that. And she said, well, why don't we build one? Why don't you take everything that you know and I'll support it and I'll fund it and let's build this school. So wow. it's not often that someone that's comes to you and great. says, here you go, yeah, <laughs> I can build yeah. something that's your dream and, and we'll make it happen. And so that set on a whole other journey. You know, it took us three years to build the school and, and our school, it's called Woodline Primary and it's um in Victoria in Australia, just in a little town called Ceres. It's a beautiful farm school. And the whole philosophy of our school is based on emotional awareness. So uh, our number one uh, step foundation piece is do children feel emotionally safe? Our philosophy is kids can't learn if they don't feel safe. So we are all about expression of feelings and emotions. We welcome anger and tears. Uh, we're about choice and autonomy for the children. We're about helping them to learn how they learn best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my goal in, in starting the school was by the time these children finish at our school, they will have such a deep, strong connection to who they are. They will know when something is up you know, what they need to help themselves come back into balance. They'll be able to ask for support. They also know how they learn best in the world so they can articulate that. And they're deeply connected to who they are and the earth. You know, that was our philosophy. So trying to fit that into a mainstream education system was tricky, right, because in order to be a school... You have to um you have to go through all these regulations and and so look it was it was a huge thing it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done is building the school and you know you're building it really on a belief and a vision of what you know to be true and what is probably the opposite of what the mainstream system looks like uh, but it has been the most extraordinary thing I've ever done you know we're a year and a half into our school now what we see and what we witness our school is just beyond what I ever thought it could be have the most extraordinary team of people who take I think this vision and philosophy of what we built and are just running with it in the most extraordinary ways. So, wow. um, so yeah, so we so created the school, which is amazing, and then people want to know more about it. And, you know, I've spent yeah. the last two or three years talk, touring around Australia talking about resilience in children. I work with the Resilience Projects, amazing organisation here. And, um, yeah, just keep talking about all this beautiful stuff, you know, oh, hoping that's... parents have tools and insights so that they can create more harmony in their families but also, um, you know, allow their children to be the essence of who they're meant to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I, I think the oh. key is to, uh, to help people, help our children remain the incredible human beings that they are at the moment of birth and that's mm. a to me, that's a big part of what uh, conscious parenting is. And I also want to comment that in my own work with emotions, uh, my understanding that the first seven years of life are the years in which we focus the most attention on emotions and that the unexamined emotions can continue to run our lives yeah. uh, for our whole lives unless we examine them. So I'm listening to you, Leila, mm-hmm. and, and thinking, oh, my gosh. Here are people who are, uh, you're, you're enabling these kids to connect with those emotions at the time that they really need to connect with them and then to keep 
expressing them and examining them so that they don't have to go through traumas later. Yeah. And I appreciate that. 100%. Can you comment on that? Well, yeah. I mean, this is this is the work, right? Because like probably like you, Eileen, or, um, you know, I spend a lot of my time working with adults going back to their childhoods mm-hmm. to unpack yeah. the stories and the traumas, to understand their imprints as to why they do what they do. So, you know, and that is really important for us as adults. And I think I look at this generation up and say to parents, you know, of course our parents were doing the best job they know how, right? But yeah. as we are kind of waking up as a consciousness or as mm-hmm. we are beginning to understand more you know we are we it's so important that we actually do the work so we don't then pass this on to our children you know that is the powerful part of it and then if we can also you know do our own work so we're not passing on those stories and meet our children where they are so then they don't have as much story because the reality is that we'll still have traumas and bits and pieces because we're human but the more we can give them tools and understanding of how to navigate them within themselves then you know we can see what is possible now you, I'm probably sure Jennifer you probably see that with your own children and yeah. I see that with my children as well the emotional awareness or intelligence of what they have is blows me away I'm like yeah. I, I just the stuff <laughs> my 14 year old comes Absolutely. out with I'm just like yep okay yeah. you know it, it's it, it's really powerful it's one of the biggest gifts you can give your children for sure because their sense of self and their connection to who they are is so magnificent to witness and it's also they live their life from that place of authenticity not from the good boy or the good girl who's still looking outside yeah. of themselves for approval to say am I okay and am I enough in the world and that's and that's it I think that's the the problem is that we've we've all grown up I mean as you said before uh we've all been brought up by different parents that have different styles of parenting and so we were often told not to show our emotions we were told to to suppress our emotions because it's not okay to cry it's not okay to get angry you get angry somebody you know a parent or an authority figure or someone tells you off for it and so we learn to suppress those emotions as children and so I think allowing our kids I've always said to my kids you've got to feel your feelings Okay, you've got to express it in some way because once you've expressed it, you've acknowledged it, you're able to move through it. Now, there are the main two parenting styles. I'm so grateful that we're awakening as as um, a consciousness because the two main parenting styles that that we knew of back in our day was the authoritarian approach or the permissive approach. And they were the two main styles. And we didn't, you know, we didn't know any better. We can't blame the parents because it's what, they were taught maybe it's what their parents taught them so we've got it we've got to understand that but now we have conscious parenting and we have connection parenting and we have that ability to be able to allow them to live their life as independent souls allow them to create their own journey allow them to figure out who they are and this is why I love what you do so much because you're actually allowing them to tap into that inner core of who who they are to that inner being and and saying I'm perfect just the way I am I'm okay just the way I am I can I can be angry if I want to be angry I can be sad if I want to be sad and I love that and I wish that my kids had a school like that when when they went through school because I think it would have made it a lot easier you know with with bullying and all that sort of stuff that goes on so um so hats off to you but can you explain to our listeners um, before we get into the emotional stuff, can you explain to our listeners what the difference is or what your definition is of conscious parenting and how that differs to the other styles? 
Yeah, it's, look, I I kind of look at it again in a bit of a simplistic term as I often oh. explain it to parents. On one hand, we have, as you say, authoritarian parenting, which is usually about what I call power over parenting. Mm. So it's where we're using power with a physical force. So, you know, unfortunately people, you know, still hitting and smacking and those kind of things. Or it's threats and punishments or it's rewards. It's basically like I have the power and when you are behaving in the way that I deem to be acceptable, I reward you. But when you don't, I withdraw draw my love and so really the child is often at the mercy of am I good enough am I behaving in the way that you want according to what your map of the world should look like yeah now often I find with authoritarian parenting you know it comes from a place where usually the parent has great powerlessness within them so perhaps Mm -hmm. they were raised that way or they feel very stressed or very out of control and so the only way they can control is to yell or to use force or to punish to get their children to cooperate and really when it comes to things like feelings and emotions when a child is having some big feelings from an authoritarian point of view the goal in that moment is to shut it down yeah is to stop it right so we that's, send children that's the away way i grew up yeah yeah, yeah. I grew up we send children yeah we send children yeah. to their room we yell at them to stop mm. we tell them we'll give them something really to cry about like in in the moment it's about this is not okay now again deep compassion to all humans because I, you know, I really do appreciate when a parent is sitting from that authoritarian place, usually it's because their nervous system is, this is unsafe. This is not okay. I need yeah. to stop it. You know, or and, I and feel there's powerless. a lot of fear and there's a lot of fear in there. And, and I think with authoritarian parents, it's about, well, but what if something happens to, to my kid? What if, what if they go down the wrong path? What yes, if yes. I, I don't control them and then all yes. of a sudden they're out of control? Yeah. And so, that, I think that is, we have to understand that that is the narrative that's been spoken for a really long time we my mm. lovely co-host on i have my podcast the aware parenting podcast marion rose talks about what she calls the disconnected domination culture which is really true mm-hmm. which is basically that we live in a world where it is very much like be good and power and you know we celebrate those who we deem to um be successful whether that is how much money you make or yeah. what grades you get or all those kind of things right so we're quite totally off track with what is what is healthy human really and it comes back to what if you're not good enough really and so I'm going to make you good enough because that'll be a reflection on me so on some level we've got it is really really fear driven uh and so then on the other end of the scale as you talked about we have permissive parenting which is really about the belief that we have to keep our children happy happy all the time And so that is about doing whatever we can do as the parent to make sure they're never upset. Now, we know that actually doesn't serve the child because children actually need boundaries and limits and they actually need places to push up against to move some of the big feelings that are sitting there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, often from permissive parenting, we often see children that are really often high are wired and and you know often can't sit still and they're they're looking often for edges. Or boundaries. To find, they're looking yeah, for boundaries yeah. to push me up against. Mm-hmm. Now, really from the parenting's point of view, in that permissive space comes from I just want you to love me. Yeah. I want I want you it's to be It's a lack of okay. self-love. That's yeah, the... totally. So we're coming from that, you know, if if you love me, then I'll be okay. Right. And so I think again, deep compassion to parents that a lot of the time that comes from sometimes people who've grown up with authoritarian parents say, I will never yell and be that way with my kids. And then they swing a bit too far in the other direction because boundaries or anger or feelings feel very unsafe. And so again, it's very understandable that they move to that other place where they're like, I don't want any of that to happen. But then we're often very uncomfortable with the boundaries and the limits and children are then going, well, who's the parent here? (laughs) Because you're not setting anything for me. And they're wondering where they sit. 
So I guess conscious parenting sits in the middle where we have that we prioritize deep connection with our children. Mm. So we're, we're deeply attuned to them so that when they walk in the room and you can see there's something off for them, you can see they're trying to pick a fight with their sibling or you can see that there's something going on, you know, we want to have the thought that goes through our head of, mm, I wonder what's happening there for them. We want to be in a curious state. And then we move in with connection, which may be, you know, just like, hey, you doing okay, mate? Or it's a bit of playfulness or it's just waiting to see what happens. And we understand that there is always a reason for behaviour. So we understand that when, you know, our eight-year-old is sitting there, you know, trying to pick a fight with a six-year-old, it's not because the eight-year-old is a bully. It's because there's something going on for the eight-year-old that's saying, hey, I feel powerless. I'm going to power over anybody I can, which means my younger brother, and I'm going to do these things. And our job in that moment is to look behind the behaviour and to move into connection. Now, sometimes that looks like setting boundaries. It says, hey, I'm not willing for you to hurt your brother, but I'm here for you. And I can see that there's some big feelings and yeah. um, let's go. You know, what do we need to do to help them move? So we don't make the child wrong. And we always come from a place of understanding there is a reason because children's natural state is to want to be in balance. A child's yeah. natural state is to want to be connected to us. It's to want to do the, the right thing. It's to want to cooperate. That's It's actually what a child naturally wants to do. But often there's a whole lot of stuff that gets in the way uh, that stops them from doing that. And then it's our job as a conscious parent to decipher that, to be able to be curious, to be like, "Mm, I wonder what's going on here. And to be able to stand centered enough in our own state that we are not reactive, that we don't start yelling or coming or start freaking out. Yeah, we're able to be curious Mm. and to stand there and go, oh, I can see there's something going on here and I'm going to meet you in that. And this does become well, more difficult. I, I want to put one yeah. thing. I want to put one thing in here too, which is the um, the job. My perception in the conscious parenting that I developed and worked with is that children are teaching us us as much as we teach them, mm-hmm. maybe more, and that often they do things that may be distressing to parents in order to point out our own weak points yeah. absolutely we need to grow mm-hmm. and i think we need to keep that in mind too Oh, 100%. And I think that's, again, part of the conscious element of being able to tune into yourself to go, oh, I'm having a reaction here. What is this about? Yeah. And I always invite parents to be curious, to to ask themselves, who's who's here right now? So when I say that, I go, is that like five-year-old me? Or is that the 10-year-old me that gets so frustrated because my younger brother used to get all these things and now I'm watching this sibling thing go on and it's reminding me of that and all of a sudden I'm in this rage yeah. that I can't quite understand understand and so and you know one of the biggest things I often see for women is what I call mother rage which is that you know particularly if you grew up being a very good girl which means you never got angry or got upset and you were and you did everything to keep everybody happy then you become a mother and you are often thrown into this place of deep powerlessness Mm. and you don't have the support you need and your children aren't doing what you want them to do and all of a sudden this rage comes up up, so many women I've spoken to go this isn't me I'm this really passive you know peaceful person and all of a sudden I just want to kill someone like I am so full of anger and I'm like yes here is all those years of anger and rage that was never able to be expressed that was never safe to be allowed to come out surfacing now and this is such a magnificent opportunity to take that somewhere else not towards your children but to take it somewhere else and lean into all those places where it was never safe for you to express your feelings or it was never okay 
okay for you to get angry. And that, as you're saying, Eileen, is some of the most powerful work we can do because as we clear and own our own stories there, then we're able to come back and be what I call spacious for our children, which means we're able to sit in our center so that whatever they walk into the room and whatever they've got going on, we're able to be like, oh, yep, yep, I can lean into that. Yeah. And I think that that is the work, you know, doing the work of our own inner parenting so we can turn up for our children to meet them because our kids, as Mm. you were saying, Eileen, our kids are like, I don't want to carry your baggage, yeah. right? And so, you know, they're, they're walking around carrying our stories going, no, this is not mine, and they throw it back at us and then parents get outraged that our kids are pushing back and they're actually like, no, they're just this offering you This is your you stuff. This is not yes, my right. stuff. Yeah, right. and I mean, I mean, it's something that I had to I had to work through a lot as well and, you know, because I, I would, if I was looking at prior to actually becoming this conscious parent that I've, um, that I am now, um, I would probably say that I was more of a permissive parent. I was one because I'm an empath and I have a real hard time setting boundaries, always have had. But then last year in particular, I went through a really, really deep, dark night of the soul where I really reflected on my shadow side. I started to really look into what the heck is going on here. Because this is this is just craziness. Like I was I was already conscious parenting, but I knew something was not right because I was like, you know, why is it so hard for me to set boundaries? Why is it so hard for me to say no? And then when I looked back, and you know, my daughter was bullied at, at high school and and primary school, and I was badly bullied when I was a kid. And I never pieced it together that when she started being affected by it, that it was all my stuff coming up. It was all me trying to protect her because I knew how I felt at that stage. And so I was stopping her from going through her experience because it was until I started realising, look, this is something she has to go through. And so her going through everything that she's had to go through, her very volatile emotions as they are when you're a um when you're a teenager and you've got emotions all over the place um taught me so much about myself and and mm. I'm so grateful for my kids because they're my biggest teachers and they've allowed me to now become more powerful and I think it was that powerlessness from from the the um other kids the experiences I had with other kids with abusive boyfriends you know that sort of thing made me feel powerless and although I've got an amazing husband who who's like the biggest support system now I hadn't dealt with any of that and I think if parents Mm. don't deal with what they went through in in the past and 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 it's okay that's the thing don't beat yourself up about it because sometimes it takes a little while to bring it to light sometimes Mm. it takes a, a little while to go whoops what's going on here Hmm. So, so another important hmm. thing there, Jennifer, I think, is I was traveling with someone that I'm close to in my family. Uh, we were taking her daughter to college, and she got upset with her daughter and was angry with her. And uh, and she had a specific thing she was angry about. But when the daughter went to a, into a store or something and we were in the car, she turned to me and she said, isn't it okay for me to be angry about this? And I said, yes, it's fine for you to be angry. But when you're only expressing your anger, she's not learning anything. She's just learning how to deal with you in your anger. Mm -hmm. And it's really key that we let our kids do our own learning. Don't you think, Leo? Yeah, 100%. And I think, again, the 
awareness for us as adults around emotions and feelings, like I often say to adults, when you're angry, there's because there's hurt sitting behind it, right? And we are so so good at basically taking our anger and projecting it onto everybody else. Mm -hmm. And how powerful for us to actually teach our children from a young age that when I'm angry and I'm yelling, I give you full permission to say, you are not in your heart or there's something here for you. And I used to say that to my children, even when they were little, if dad and I start yelling or you see that we're out of balance, I give you full permission to call us out on it. And they did and they yeah. would. <laughs> and they still do sometimes yeah. because they would be like, this is yours. Like they yeah. literally, even as a seven-year-old, my daughter would be like, this is about you, mum. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, God, I've taught you so well. <laughs> I can't even, you know, project it onto you. And and sure enough, it was. You know, yeah. the anger was just that mask for the hurt and the feelings or the needs that weren't being met that I was trying to avoid. And and so again, when we can have understanding around it and then we do the work on ourselves, we model it to our children. I mean, one of the biggest things that I in my talks that I do, I say to parents is what do you model to your kids about anger? Mm. And I'm like, do you just slam the door or yell at them or throw stuff on the table? Because they're watching you and they go, oh, yeah, that's what anger is. Yeah. Or do you, when you're angry, you know, when your kids come in and they go, are you okay? Because children are always constantly hardwired into us to go what's going on. And when they come to you and say, are you okay? You know, can you say, I'm actually really angry, so I'm going to go for a run and move my body or I'm going to put on some loud music and dance or I'm going to go outside and yell at the trees or if yeah. I'm sad, I'm going to go and call a friend because it helps when I talk and have a cry what do we model to our children about healthy expression of feelings yeah and a lot of the time we don't do anything but don't parents feel very vulnerable I mean that's part of what we need to Mm. overcome isn't it Lael that that parents think I shouldn't show my Mm. emotions or it makes me too vulnerable Mm. or I haven't dealt with it myself and now they're going to be part of it and I'm going to create a mess yeah. How do you how do you approach that? So I I always say to parents, it is never a child's job to be emotionally responsible for you ever no. ever, right? No. It's so it is our job when we feel something to be able to go, oh, there's something here. Now sometimes when you've got little toddlers, right, and you know you've got something going on in the moment, it is usually a bit of a survival. What can I get through to kind of calm everybody's system down? And I usually say to parents, if you've got little people and you are really heightened, go into mm-hmm. the bathroom and wash yep. your hands, even if they're following you. <laughs> go wash your hands, cut, take some breaths. Remember, this is not an emergency. There's something being activated here, and I need to bring some calm to myself. Deal with what's going on with your beautiful children, and then take what's there to a listening partner, to a therapist somewhere, go, wow, I have so many reactions popping up here, right, and do the work there. So our job is always to do the work over here so we can come back and be that anchored place for our for our kids. But sometimes in the moment we can't, right, depending yeah. on the age of our kids. And it's, I often say to parents, you are far better off owning where you're at because a child is constantly feeling you. Yeah. And here's the thing that I'm so passionate about is that when a child is watching you, and comes up to you and goes, are you okay, mummy? Right? And if we go, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, right, but we're yeah. not fine, then what happens is the child goes, hang on, my body's telling me that you're not okay and you're actually saying to me you are, so maybe maybe my intuition in my body is wrong. It's wrong, yeah. Right? And so what it does is it sets up this confusion in a child to say, well, maybe I can't trust what my gut's saying. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's really important for parents to say, I am feeling really sad today, or I'm feeling really angry, or I'm feeling really frustrated. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to go outside and take my shoes off and stand on the ground for a bit. We have to model healthy ways to move our feelings. Yeah. And it's important that our children see when we make mistakes and we stuff up and then when we repair, it's important that they see that we cry. Now, I'm not talking about being on the lounge room floor in the fetal position sobbing that may be too much for your children right (laughs) we want to again you know our job is they need to know have you got this and so when we can say actually I feel like this but I'm going to go get some support and help we are letting them know I'm taking responsibility for my feelings right and so there's been times you know over these where I have been deeply upset about something I might be in my room and I might be upset crying my kids have come in and literally sat around me and, and just kind of cuddled me and held space for me not said anything just been there and they're like yeah. job, mom what else yeah, might have done that too because yeah. they know that actually letting feelings out is a really healthy thing yeah. and so yeah. the more we create that language around it to say hey I feel really angry I've got to move my rage or I'm feeling really sad I need to have a cry everybody in the family goes yeah good because you'll feel better when it comes out super conscious yeah. success fam thanks so much for joining me in this interview and I'm just taking a short break in the interview just to let you know about an exciting offer that I have for you. I'm just in the process of building the Superconscious Success Inner Circle, which is going to be a free membership that you're going to be able to get access to, which is going to eventually, once I've got it all built up, include courses and and exclusive content and a whole heap of other stuff that's going to be available for you to help you to expand that consciousness and to come into your power. And it'll include content from all of my different segments, from superconscious success, your spiritual shift, raising a conscious human and also peace and prosperity. And you'll include content from all of that, as well as the self-empowered empath, higher self-mastery, and a whole heap of other different collaborations and projects I have on the go. However, to get this free membership, you do need to go and sign up. So if you go to superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle, you can sign up absolutely free for it. As the content builds and I reach a thousand subscribers, I will then be making it a premium product, which means that you will no longer get it for free. It will be a monthly charge. But if you get in now and you get into the free membership, then you will have that free for life. So head across now as we're in the building phase and you'll start to get more and more awesome content um, flowing in. And yeah, so head on over there now, superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle. Now let's head on back. And so this is, again, how we teach our beautiful children emotional intelligence because we're not making it wrong or hiding it. We're not making them responsible for it. We're saying this is a normal part of being human. Yeah. And so, you know, I often talk about, you know, when we hold space for a child, which means we sit and we listen and we don't fix and we just we're just there, we are modeling what empathy looks and feels like. And so the more that we meet our children in that way, the more children are able to go, ah, this is empathy. And then they take it to their friends or to their other people or their siblings. And that is where, again, they have that deep inner felt sense of what it feels like to be heard. And that is what they take into the world. Now, again, I come back to adults or our generation with deep compassion because a lot of the adults I work with have never, ever been deeply held in their feelings ever. They've never had a big cry with someone who has sat there and said, I see you. 
yeah. and you're doing a beautiful job, right? And so it's very hard then to do that for our children if we've never had an experience of that. Yeah. So as we try every little step we take, every little thing that we do, you know, we are setting up more of a foundation to our children to say, hey, feelings are okay. They're just feelings. They need to be felt and then we let them go. And yeah. how can I how can I teach you that that is safe and that is okay? Yeah, I've, I had a Amelia's... wonderful therapist. Oh, oh you go, Eileen. You go. <laughs> I had a wonderful therapist who uh, uh, who offered me something because I had a hard time expressing my emotions around the kids. Mostly, I flew off the handle coming from an authoritarian family. What she said is that children can handle anything as long as they know the adult is in charge, and allowing yourself to feel your emotions is you being in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to add that. And I, I think, think that's a beautiful what- point. And it's owning your feelings without projecting them onto everyone. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between going, I'm so angry at the moment. Ah, oh, I need to go outside and yell and scream and ah, and I'm feeling, as opposed to yelling at someone, you're not doing what I want you to do. You know, that's the anger projecting onto someone else. Whereas when mm. we own it, this is mine, I've got to move it through my body, then there's a completely different sense with it. Yeah. Yes. And and the thing is too, when, when parents start believing that they need to be perfect and when parents start beating themselves up because, you know, all of a sudden they don't know how to express their anger. I mean, I, I have to say, Amelia, my daughter, she's she's incredible with dealing with her emotions. I think I think she does actually have really good emotional intelligence. I'll be talking to her one day and, and she's 18 years old, you know, she's she's going through her own stuff. She's she's incredible. She's got her own lash business at home and and doing beautifully for herself but she'll I'll go talking to her one day and all of a sudden I can see that something's just not right and I I say to her I say are you you okay sweetheart and and she'll she'll go mum I just need me time Mm -hmm. and I'll say okay I respect that I take off and and then she'll either cry or normally it's something to either do with a boyfriend or a friend or something or other and so just allowing them to recognize that you're there for them but you're not going to push yourself onto them you know, it's about, okay, you, you need to go through the stuff that you need to go through and I respect that and I give you your space for that. But if you need me, I'm here for you to come and talk to me. And I think it's really important once you start seeing that your kids do have that emotional intelligence to understand it and to go, okay, me time, I just need time by myself. I always know if we get in the car and she blasts on the music, okay, she doesn't want to talk. She just wants to just go settle herself down. So I think that's I think that's beautiful once you once your kids can get to that place. Mm, absolutely, and I think it's uh, the goal here is for our children to be able to tune into what am I feeling? What yeah. is this about? What do I need? Do I need support within this? How do I let it go? You know, the the risk is sometimes that they just move into numbing, which is what mm-hmm. we don't want to do into suppression of the feeling. So it's being able to model again what it is healthy expression of feelings and that 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 dialogue that constantly is like, well, where are you in this story and what's going on for you and what are we making it mean and where does it sit and what do you need to do to find your way back into balance is, you know, the message we want to give them. Yeah. Let me add to that because of my research uh, that I've been doing for my uh, book on um, anger mastery. That's something that most people do not realize. Um, I've taught it for many years, but we're now getting the scientific evidence that it's not anger itself that's the problem. It's repressed and held on to anger. 
And mm-hmm. it literally can, if it's held on too long enough, it literally can kill us. Yes. It is part of the development of diabetes, heart yep. disease, and cancer. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about here, Lael, of helping children to keep the energy of the emotions moving through them, and the parents doing that too, we're not only keeping children emotionally healthy, we're also allowing them to be physically healthy and to live longer. And I think that's really key. And I think alongside the anger, I think um, research has also been done about the effects of things like guilt and shame as well. And if we've been brought up in a household that is very authoritarian where we're told that it's not okay to express our emotions, we start to build up that guilt. Mm-hmm. We start to build up that shame of feeling like we're not good enough, the person that we are. And if we hold on to that throughout our life, then that starts eating away at you the same way that anger does. If you don't deal with it and you don't start mm-hmm. to build that self-worth and self-love, then that can really change, change, um, change your health as well. Well, my learning is that guilt is a hidden form of anger. It is, so it is absolutely it is anger. Yes, mm. and I, I, you know, a lot of the work I do with um, adults is around what were the imprints that we learned in our mm. family of origin. Yeah. So, what did you learn about trust growing up? What did you learn about anger? What did you learn about tears? What did you learn about boundaries? What did you learn about self care? You know, so much of what we often have to do is go back to our story and go, well, what did I watch? What was modeled to me by the adults in my house? And then what have we made that mean? And so we see that a lot in parenting. I see it a lot with mothers who have really, you know, crappy relationships with self-care or with boundaries or those kind of stuff because they've watched their mother. This Mm. is what it looks like. You be a martyr. You put everybody else's needs before yours. A good mother does this (laughs) and do that, right? So, And we've got that with everything. It's that That's our relationship to money. It's our relationship to trusting life. It's our relationship to intimacy feelings and emotions you know we all have had this different narrative play out in our lives and then what happens is we move through the world keeping on looking for evidence that that's the truth mm-hmm. so you know if we grew up in a family where it was like don't trust anyone and people are out to get you and life is dangerous well then you are going to look through the lens of life is dangerous yeah and you're going to constantly keep looking for evidence that that is true out there in the world and so a lot of the work we have to do as adults is going back to look at our stories and go where does this sit for me and what have I made this mean and what am I teaching my children because that's usually the thing where I find parents will make the shift when they realize oh my god this is the lesson this is the message I'm giving my kids and I don't want them to carry that forward so now I need to do some more of the work here so we don't keep passing that on so I often say we need to look backwards in order to move forwards you know we need to go back and look at our work and our story do that beautiful healing and look at the stories that we create and then look at how we want to shift them moving forward but what about one of like the parents that are oh sorry i'll just be a sec what about those parents that have maybe been following the authoritarian the permissive sorry the permissive style and then all of a sudden they decide that they want to build that connection with their kids but their kids are pushing against it maybe mm. because yeah. you know they're used to the other style yeah. and and so they're like well you never showed me emotions before so why are you all of a sudden um, mm-hmm. how would we deal with something like that that's a great question 
So I think the thing, the first place is always we have to do the work with us. So Mm. if you're listening to this and you think, oh, that's me, you know, I just yell and shut my kids down or I just try and keep them happy, then the first place even before we bring it to our children is to look at, well, where does that come from within me and the why, right? So we understand it within ourselves. And then depending on the age of your kids, it's about actually, and I would say this for many age children because children are conscious even if they're one and two-year-olds, you know, it's saying to them, it's owning our story. You know what? I was brought up in this way and I've made it mean this. And therefore I often feel really out of control when you do that. And what I've done is yell and shame. And I am deeply sorry if I have done that and I want to do it differently. And so now when you get upset, I'm not going to yell or I'm not going to send you to your room. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to be here with you. Now your kids will be like, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) So often children will, it'll take a few goes before the kids go, really? Like, hang on, usually you just distract me or usually you do this. So it takes a bit of time. And this is where I say to parents, our, the way that we create healing is through connection. Yeah. So if our, if we've taught our kids to suppress their feelings, then we need to up our connection and we can do that through play. We can do that through just having special time one-on-one with them. We can do it through lots of laughter and all those kind of things where we, we actually be with them in their presence where we don't ask anything of them. We don't punish them. We don't make them wrong. And at the same time, what we're doing is also looking at our own inner healing work because I I have seen this in so many families when an adult shifts then the child automatically shifts right Absolutely. you can see behaviors Absolutely. going yeah. on for a child and and then the parent will get what it's about and then all of a sudden the child stops doing the thing right so you know we see that it happens there so I just say it is never too late for healing and yeah. it's never too late to change and one of the most powerful things we can do as an adult even if you've got older children is to go to them and say hey I am so sorry if I've responded this way. Please, I'm here to listen to all the times that it didn't feel okay for you. Yeah. I mean, he's, this is this is the kicker, right? When I work with adults and I say to them, you know, what is it that you deeply wanted? You know, they're still looking to their 60 or 70 or 80-year-old parents for their parents to say, I see you and you're Probably enough them. just the way yeah. you are, right? They're still looking for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you maybe get it, but odds are you probably won't, right? Yeah. Because they are who they are and it's not about them. It's about you and it's about the inner work here. But what we all all deeply still want is that parent to say, I see you and I am so sorry if I wasn't able to respond to you in the way you deeply needed. Now we want that as a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old, right? And Mm. so our children want that as well, right? If we have messed up and if we have behaved in certain ways, one of the most powerful things we can do is to go and say, I am owning my piece. Take responsibility for it. And I'm here and tell me how you feel about it. And then be able to sit there when your child goes, yeah, I hate what you did. And that was crap. And, and this wasn't, and you've got to sit there and say, yes, I hear you. And I'm deeply sorry. And what can I do to repair? What, what would it look like for you to have some more trust with me? You know, they're the conversations that are uncomfortable. They're not easy to have, Yeah, but they are the ones that are so important. Mm. But they do get easier as you go along. Yeah. And I'd like to add just a couple of points here. Uh, I love what you're talking about. And you're so well, it's so delightfully modeling the approach that you use with children. I'm sitting here feeling like a kid who's totally gotten and loved. And it's really wonderful. <laughs> One of my points is that, uh, that, when we see those patterns in ourselves that you were talking about, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. No. It's just pointing out to us where we may need to change. And the other thing in terms of the forgiveness, when my daughter was giving, I went to 
stayed with her when she was giving birth to her second child. And I had the authoritarian parenting model and I was not a perfect parent as she was growing up. And I saw her, the way she was parenting her first child and the kind of life she had. And I said, you know, I apologize once again for how I treated you when you were young. I'm really so sorry. Uh, you know, I, I didn't ever want to do some of the things that I did. And she said, Mom, I totally forgive you. Mm-hmm. And would you like to know why? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, sure. She said, because you've changed. You're not the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and that's beautiful. the thing, it's modeling it. Yeah. That's such beautiful insight, Eileen. You're right, because they can see that change. And I think it's... um one of the biggest parts as the adult and the parent who needs to do the work is if we move into making ourselves wrong and beating ourselves up, we it's never actually going to shift. The, the way through we, this is compassion, Yeah, is to actually yeah. meet ourselves with compassion to go back to the parent you were five years ago, 10 years ago and go, I was doing the best job I could, which yeah. we are, right? And so mm-hmm. We're doing the best the with through. what we knew at that time. Completely. Completely. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we, we have had an incredible discussion here with Lael today. She Absolutely. has brought so yeah. much insight to us. And so before we do head off, I would like to um for you to just let us know a little bit about uh, your podcast. And you've told us about your school, which is incredible for those that are in um, Victoria. But can you also let us know a little bit about the uh, Connection Program and how Mm -hmm. people can also get in touch with you? Yes. So um, I'm on social media. I don't think there's anyone else called Lael Stone. So I'm pretty easy to find when yeah. you search me. Um, so you can find me on like Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff, but on my website, which is laelstone.com.au. So I have lots of different webinars that people can buy if they want to know about anger and boundaries or big feelings or teens, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've got lots of little short courses on my website. And then I run um, what I call immersions, which is eight week kind of journeys into the imprints and stories. So of what I was talking about today, you know, the ones on trust and anger and all that stuff. And as well as with lots of tools and tips around raising our kids consciously. So I run them nice. kind of through eight week cycles. I've got one starting actually tomorrow, depending on when you release this, but um, you know, they, they are often on my website and um, my podcast is called the Aware Parenting Podcast. So that's with my co-host Marion Rose. So I think we're at nearly 800,000 downloads now, which is amazing. That is wow. awesome. Um, that so is we're so wonderful. excited that it's reaching many, many people and we talk about all the topics from guilt in parenting to big feelings to when kids are lying to just everything so um we talk about that and we have our first book coming out in about yes. three or four weeks which is I really exciting awesome. um so that's called raising what's, resilient what's the and, title? it's called raising resilient and compassionate children um oh, so parenting guide to behavior feelings and relationships so that will be out in hopefully within the next month um which is really exciting and yeah we'll we'll see we'll see what comes next from there fantastic you're doing some incredible work lael and um thank you so much for being here with us today eileen and i have thoroughly enjoyed it Mm -hmm. um and we look forward to seeing where um where all of this goes moving forward because we know that the conscious parenting movement is on the rise and more parents are becoming aware of it so that's fantastic Mm -hmm. what's that eileen i'm i'm praying for you lael that you have enough time 
to deal with all the people who are going to be coming to you, asking you to show them how to create a school like you oh, created. Yeah. I think you're going to be busy. Oh, it, yeah. it's happens already. I think I, I think I get like one inquiry a week going, can you help me build a school? I'll just do that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk to you both. Thank you for having me. Thanks so Thank much you. for being here, Lyle. All right. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Okay, bye.